good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, we have a couple good wrestling shows to talk about. NXT UK, as always, much better than 2.0. But, you know, it was a pretty solid bit of pro wrestling that we get to discuss here today on the program. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, no, it was a fantastic night of or past week for NXT, both UK and Rainbow. Um, last night's show actually surprised me a little bit. We're going to touch on that a little more. Um, and NXT UK maybe had one of the best tag team matches I've seen in WWE, at least, in a very long time. Uh, we're going to be chatting about that and kind of, you know, how how we are the worst fantasy bookers. But I still think certain seeds have been planted and we're going to see it play out as they are now champions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a long con being told here, I think. And this, we're just, uh, you know, at the second or third act of the story. Along, but, uh, along uh, grizzled young veterans. Yes, yeah, exactly, yes. Uh, anyway, man, how are you doing these man, days? How are you hanging in there? Matt, I waited until we started recording to tell you this last night at about 10, like, well, whenever NXT ended, I uh, went went for a walk did my thing, got back home at about 11.30, and I was asleep by 12.15 a.m. My man, Boris, you got some rest. That's awesome, buddy. I'm glad to hear it. Would you get like six hours? Yeah, I was up at six. Uh, right at six, I woke up. It was crazy. It's like literally the clock just turned to six, and my body like, okay, let's get let's get the show on the road, bitch. Um <laughs> Your and body calls you a bitch? That's not good. Oh, I my feel body. like that's less than healthy. <laughs> first, you see, first, it's emo bores. Now, I'm calling myself a bitch. Oh, man. Welcome to the Are holiday okay, season. Buddy? Do we need to have a chat off, uh, off air here? <laughs> oh, man. Well, yesterday was a rough day. Let me tell you that, my friend. I uh, Monday nights are starting to turn into... Uh, Something of an of, of an adventure for me. Uh, I Did yeah. you say that it's something of a Monday Night War, Boris? <laughs> Trust me, things got a little hectic. Things got a little uh, a little too raw for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it, was, it was a crazy Monday night. I uh, got home at about like three thirty in the morning, and I didn't get to sleep until like five six. Um, but. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a pretty rough night, let me tell you that. Um, and I spent, on top of it all, I spent a good chunk of my Tuesday in bed, just chilling, just relaxing, just uh, doing my thing. Um, but yeah, man. And then at about, like, right before NXT started, I uh, start counting. So, you know, some 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 background, some, some you know, behind the curtain, behind the new SNME uh, curtain, um, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm doing the counting for the best and worst of 2021. So Jason right. sent me the Excel file with all the results, you know, and, and I like to think of myself as an Excel master, right? So I can write like mini programs and macros to help with the counting so that it's not a, a uh, manual process. 
Right, right. You you uh, you fuck with the Excel spreadsheet. You understand your way around a spreadsheet is what you're saying. Yeah. Now, what doesn't help is when, you know, uh, you know, for example, Britt Baker is spelt 20 different ways. Ah, yes. Yeah, that is an issue. It's really a manual process, no matter what, just so to kind of comb through everything. I automated about 85% of the process right now. 80%. It's the 80-20 rule, Boris. Use the 80-20 rule. I've automated about 80% of the process. Now the last 20 is the boring 20 where I'm literally counting the variations of the spelling of different names and then updating the percentages. Um, but very interesting results. Let me tell you that. I'm not going to give oh. anything away, not even to you, not offline, not nothing. This is, you know, nope. I'm keeping this one to the chest. Um, and it's going to be locked up in a vault sent to Jason Agnew in time for the when we record on Sunday. But um, very interesting results. Uh, a couple surprises, a couple landslides, let me tell you that. Um, but yeah, no, so, so started doing that yesterday. I'll have it all done maybe today. We'll see how today goes. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, getting getting ready for the end of year shows. Um, you know, I think it's no secret that all, a lot of people just want to take a couple, couple days off, you know, come come the holiday time so you know you and i are planning our recording schedule uh for bam because we have our few gimmicks going as well and yeah 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 so it's just you know it, i'm very excited for next week i think over the next 10 days i'm recording like 15 podcasts <laughs> oh my god that is a marathon uh, slate, buddy. But uh yeah you are the hardest working man in podcasting you are you are the uh the you know the wheel on this bus it, just I swear to God, driving around it around if you were to call me joe rogan i would have just punched you through the screen <laughs> i wouldn't openly insult you like that on this podcast buddy come on we're friends here love but, it uh, uh, hey, hey man yeah exciting things coming uh on bam and on snme radio in general and also it's canon i'm sure so uh yeah glad you got to hear it yeah, it's canon, honestly. If if you get a chance, if you really want to see a different side of Boris, listen to the It's Canon podcast this week. You get like just the the everyday side of Boris. Not that I'm portraying any different than what I do on these shows, right? But, you know, in the It's Canon podcast, it's totally different uh, subject matter. And I went in on Monday, this recording with like this beautiful plan. I do a lot of planning for the It's Canon podcast because we get in depth on certain news tidbits like especially when it comes to tech right and tech in the world i kind of like you know kind of like having being prepared um but uh completely went off sca oh, completely went off agenda like within the first two seconds and that was it it just turned into a, a a hodgepodge of randomness and it was a really fun episode and it's it's funny because like i've i've noticed this trend anytime i do a lot of planning a lot of research you know, the shows do fairly well, but when it's a hodgepodge of randomness and, you know, us just laughing half the time, those episodes are usually the most listened. It's just the most random thing that I've that I've noticed with the It's Canon podcast. Interesting. Well, the, the people have spoken, Boris, and they want a hodgepodge. They want you to just be yourselves on the show and just have a conversation with I your pals. I am myself. Let me tell you, I am. I sorry. Um, I, I was looking at my uh, my TV, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, 
pretty good pretty good couple days overall man and i'm just like really getting excited because i got like i don't know if i said it on one of these snme shows but i essentially got called back into work um there was a, a you know just a lot going on and they needed the extra hands uh, to help um so you know but I'm, I'm not like working full days but i'm doing stuff here and there between naps and uh, you know between beers and and whatnot <laughs> um but yeah i've just been super busy doing that like i say planning a bunch of shows uh, i still need to finish my christmas shopping um and outside of that yeah man just living life to its fullest trying to have fun trying to get friends time in um yeah and 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 doing my thing how about you matt what's what's going on in the world of matt oh yeah i will you know say well the basically although i have made a couple uh small decisions that uh you know creeping myself into adulthood boris i've decided uh that I'm going to become a full-time Bailey's guy. I'm going to be one of those guys who always has a bottle of Bailey's in the house. There was a bottle of Bailey's in the house for like the last like month or so. And uh, man, you know what? It's very nice to just keep it in the house. Also, I'm going to become a scented candle guy, Boris. I have a scented candle right now. It's uh, helping, you know, the the whole house smells like a nice, uh, delicious apple pie. Thanks to the good people at Glade. So, yeah, I think I think this represents adulthood, buddy. I think I'm growing up. I'm now a Bailey's guy and I think I'm a scented candle guy, too. It's like I am talking to the lady friend right now because she is a Bailey's drinker. Uh, she just casually drinks Bailey's on the rocks, uh, and 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 obviously oh. she 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 like, oh, wow. she's a female, so she obviously has like a thousand and one <laughs> candles that going on any point. Yes, of of course, yes, yes. Bailey's on the rocks is it? I have never done that. I just like a little nip in the coffee in the morning on a day off is nice, you know. Get gets the juices flowing, Boris. Oh no, but, she's, uh, she's Bailey's on the rocks and just like man. <laughs> Man, oh man, that just seems like a lot of cream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is very, very creamy. Anyway, so yeah, I, I think we're both making big moves here in our life, buddy. Both making uh, huge steps towards uh, pro- progress towards adulthood here at SNME Radio. You know, Andrada just had a kid. Many uh, congratulations to the to the Andrada clan and me. Well, I'm a scented candle guy now, Boris. We're all growing up here, you know. <laughs> Some of us are having kids, some of us are getting scented candles, some of us are having three bottles of rum on a random Monday night, you know, it's just... (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, some of us are getting drunk in the morning, some of us having children, you know, it varies. Oh, I love it. I just love the the, the randomness that is the the group of SNME, right? Like, it's just, it's so funny how different yet similar we all are. Yeah, you know, it's it's good. We're all yeah, we're all in different uh, stages in our life doing different things. But uh, yeah, I think we got a great team here building up at SNME Radio. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, it, yeah, it's just it's man. It just I'm in a great mood today. Like you, you may not notice because of like how emo some of my comments have been. But I'm feeling <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I feel good. I feel energized. Look, I can even move my shoulder. Nice man, absolutely you got some movement there on the wing. Yeah, yeah. buddy, you look uh, you look well rested, ready to go. Should we talk about this uh, professional wrestling here? Nah, what's the point? <laughs> uh, well, do you want to do like a, a solid twenty on the weather? We could always do that. <laughs> Dude, it's hot. <laughs> it is warm it's- up in here. It is four degrees Celsius in December, in the middle of December in Canada. That's pretty out there, even for Toronto, which kind of skews a little warmer. 
It's that's pretty intense. It was 15 degrees the other day on Saturday, dude, Saturday. So I got home from a night out, uh, what, 5 p.m. or so. And uh, I was honestly assuming that the trees around our house, like people like so that so people know, like we live in a corner. So we have like the L lot and all around uh, the property is just a bunch of huge ass freaking trees with the amount yes. of wind that there was on Saturday. I was 100 expect 100 percent expecting for a tree to be like through your window or something like it was just. Yeah. You know, it was crazy wind all day on Saturday, like um, where I was, I was like on the 20 something floor of a building. It was just like you like, it was just, it just looked crazy and it was warm and it was like, yeah, <sighs> Saturday was just absolutely crazy um, in terms of weather. And I'm like, so this is December now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just wind storms. But yeah, I was uh, I was heading out around Delaware Station and there was a tree down just in the middle of the road, like yeah. a humongous branch. And, uh, yeah, they just actually chopped down two trees in our front yard. And I wonder if, like, yeah, it, it might have been a little different had they not done that, like, a week ago. But, yeah, we, we survived. No uh, no branches through the window yet. Yet. But we have that random toilet in our front yard somehow. <laughs> yes, there is a random toilet in our parking lot thing. It's pretty and I'm strange. trying to figure out, like, where did this come from? Like <laughs> <laughs> It's certainly not from me. I, I I was hoping it wasn't uh, from your flood situation. But. No, 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 no. It was just like, it's just so random. Because we live on the corner lot, um, people just use our, our, like, our little L as, like, the garbage of the street. So there's always, like, random stuff like couches and furniture and all this random stuff out front of our house. It's, it always makes me laugh. Um, but, yeah, yeah. All right, man. I guess we should talk about wrestling. We should talk <laughs> about what we were uh, voted into talking about, and that is NXT. But before we get into that, as the young guns, we're done with star ratings. You know, we like to have a little fun with it. So we have a rating system, the jewel, a rating system, uh, you know, a theme that kind of uh, represents that night in a nutshell. So... With all things considered, we're living in the age of social media, and we have the social media mogul, Grayson Waller, doing his thing, getting atomic heat. Matt, I think we should rate each match out of five social medias. Yes, five social media platforms to celebrate the new hottest heel in all of NXT, Grayson Waller. Like Grayson. you said, the social media bad guy. Yep, yep, man, and then it kind of like, you know what, honestly, he, he just like The Miz, before we get into things, because he kicks off the show, so we'll talk about this right now, he just knows how to be a heel. Yeah, he just gets under the people's skin, he says the exact right things, he's a confident performer, you know, he's uh, he's figured this thing out, and he's I can see why they're pushing him, he definitely gets it, he is a good heel, I'm liking this Grayson Waller. Same, like you know, the last few weeks, like before the whole uh, Gargano angle, he, like he was really starting to grow on me outside of his ring gear. Um, but you know, now I like the just... ring gear, <laughs> the Air One ring gear. Uh, but now <laughs> I just feel like he, you know, he's starting to get and understand those things that really separate a good wrestler and 
a superstar, right? Like he's understanding the character, he's on the character work, the promo work. He's understanding those things that really can only be taught to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely, man. And dare I say, and I'm not telling you that he's Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin or Ric Flair or Mick Foley or a Hall of Famer, but dare I say, Boris, he has it to some extent. He has that charisma, that je ne sais quoi that you can't really define. Some people just know how to come across in a promo. Some people just like get it for lack of a better term. And this guy gets it. No, this guy gets it. And his delivery on certain lines is just is he's becoming so good. Um, the line that cracked me up, we'll talk about it a little later, was the confrontation with him and Io Shirai and kind of just how he's like, you know, so <laughs> nonchalant and cocky about it. It was just so good to see. So, you know, I think we're starting to see some of this developmental work out. We're seeing some of these characters really flesh themselves out. We're seeing some people really understand their characters. We're seeing some people in the ring, like a Carmelo Hayes, who are really improving in general. Like it's 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 starting to appear like it's you know like the planet is. I don't want to say working, but progressing. Yeah, I, well, you can't say it's working yet because it will know that in three or four years when these guys have exactly. had a chance to sink or swim on the main roster. Exactly. But you're right. They're they're heading down the path, and it kind of seems like it's going okay. It really yeah. does. All right, so let's start to recap. So the show starts with a recap of last week's Gargano, Grayson, Waller, Angle. Uh, we jump to a moments ago uh, vignette with Grayson Waller arriving at the at the performance center to a huge chorus of nextras. Um, that was a pretty cool way of starting it. So that kind of set the stage for for what type of show it was going to be for Grayson Waller. And like as simple as this was, I really really enjoyed this. Uh, so then we cut to the performance center and it, we go straight into action as Cameron Grimes goes up against Do Cuts in, in a no holds barred match. Yeah, right into the action we got, which is always good. We don't need a humongous uh, promo at, to start every show. So, uh, yeah, I quite I quite enjoyed this. And, uh, Boris, we got a pretty good match, probably the best in Duke Hudson's career. Cameron Grimes continues to shine. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, um, I think that overall uh, this match was probably the, not only the best in Hudson's career, but it was the best match that these two for sure had. Um, you know, I think that while they're good in the ring together, you know, the, 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 there's, you know, the stories, the storytelling in this match was like pretty on point. I really enjoyed this match uh, just from a overall story point of view. And, you know, the one thing I love about wrestling and, and it doesn't matter what, what promotion we're watching um you know and and i'm always captivated and interested a little more when i don't know who is going to win the match and that's really how i felt throughout this entire match and throughout this feud you just never know who's gonna win and i'm really enjoying that about these two just like you know um i think my prediction has always been wrong with whom's who with who's gonna win uh and and i i predicted incorrectly again i never would have thought that cameron grimes got get the dubs yeah, I agreed both times I thought Duke Hudson was winning, and both times Cameron Grimes pulled it out clean as a well, no, I shouldn't say clean as a whistle. He cheated in hair versus hair. You can't cheat in this match, so this was as clean as the rules would allow. 
Uh, yeah, a, a lot of weapon spots. There was a, a teased razor's edge on the floor, but Grimes countered that into a Hurricane Rana, which looked like it hurt Grimes more than it hurt Hudson. But that's a that's just a thing that happens in a, wrestling from time to time. The Hurricane Rana or the Poison Rana? No, yeah, the, the Hurricane Rana reversal of the razor's edge on the floor. I felt like that looked like it hurt yeah. Cameron more than it hurt Hudson. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, the, right. the, yeah. There was also, yeah, Poison Rana. Duke, Duke Hudson will take a Poison Rana in a Cameron Grimes match. We've seen it a couple times. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah there was a, Duke Hudson went to, to cut Cameron Grimes' hair mid-match. Of course, that set up the comeback, and Grimes ends up winning with his cave-in stomp to Duke Hudson, who was seated in a chair, which was a nice spot. 11 minutes and 16 seconds, I believe it went, Boris. Yep, just about now. Uh, there was a power, like, uh, at one point, Grimes went for a power bomb. It got reversed, or sorry, he went for a cave-in. And it got reversed into a power bomb through a poker table. So I kind of like that use of the gimmick. Um, there was also, you know, the, the the ending of the match, as you said, Duke Hudson was seated in a chair uh, and Grimes got the cave in. But man, that looked like it really hurt Hudson because the chair was, in fact, already broken. So he was already awkwardly sitting on this chair. So when yeah. he did the cave in, when Grimes did the cave in, he just went through it and it just looked like it really, really, really hurt him. Now, the <laughs> other thing I want to point out about this match is after that cave in reversal to powerbomb, did you notice? And this is why I love the refs in WWE. Did you notice that the referee didn't just nonchalantly start uh, the count when Grimes' shoulders were still on the poker table? Absolutely. And Wade Barrett kind of worked it into the story of the match, saying, like, oh, yeah, they obviously Duke Hudson would have won this match, but this referee's incompetent. And then Vic Joseph was like, no, the referee did his job. Cameron Grimes' shoulders weren't on the ground. They were up due to the broken uh, poker table. So I, I actually love that spot. And kudos to the announcers for immediately calling it out and making it part of the story of the match. Boris is what we talk about all the time on this podcast. Exactly. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that as well. Um, and like so after the match you know the fans are just chanting to the moon uh grimes grabs hudson's wig rips it off and now we finally see what duke hudson's exposed bald head looks like so i really really enjoyed this match overall had a good story um and i'm still shocked at the result to be honest and i think it's more i'm shocked because i just automatically assume that every nxt 2.0 person is going to win Anytime they face a black and gold person. <laughs> I think you're completely right about that. So it's always a pleasant surprise when the fan favorite does pull it off, Boris. But yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was quite strong. We're going to go as high as three and a half Facebooks out of five. It's a 70% engagement on this one. It's a solid B here in Canada, Boris. Well done. All right. After this, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is backstage with Cora Jade asking about her unfinished business with Dakota Kai. Jade is excited because doctors have finally cleared her to wrestle. And this is when Dakota Kai interrupts. She goes on about how Raquel Gonzalez is using Jade, how she once used Kai, making her do the dirty work while she takes all the glory. Kai laughs and Jade says, thanks, mom. But she doesn't need the advice because if she wins tonight, she will be on quite the winning streak and one step closer to facing Mandy Rose for the NXT women's title. Jade walks off. Kai rants like a crazy woman. Um, she freaks out about being called mom. She has her crazy Kai moment as she walks away. 
you you know like the South Park episodes with Mel Gibson where he's just literally in his underpants ranting and raving like a lunatic like bouncing off buildings. That's how I feel about Dakota Kai's characters. Just like just just random nonsense, just like putting a point on it like a highlighted arrow. This person is crazy now. It's just ah, it's just so disappointing. Derivative. Yeah. yeah. I I agree with you. Uh you know, I think that Dakota Kai it's this character, right? Like there always needs to be one. You know, it's kind of like Highlander. Yeah. There just always needs to be one at some <laughs> point. And it's I don't know. I'm just like it's unfortunate that it is Dakota Kai right now because I just feel like she has so much more to offer in this division in any doing any type of character. But again, you know, she could be on the main roster getting pies to the face, right? Like <laughs> it could it it could be worse, but I, I wonder if this something is actually better than nothing. I wonder if she was better off with kind of no character, just being a generic quote unquote healer baby face, like kind of the cocky brains behind the operation versus this like cartoon character of a crackhead. <laughs> wasn't expecting that um i don't know man honestly i don't know i i'm still undecided overall about this character um but what i did really enjoy is kind of like how they're building some story around cora jade and how raquel gonzalez kind of uses people i kind of like you know those those minor those minor details being added to the overall story it kind of makes everything in the entire women's division a little more cohesive yeah, definitely. There's some kind of through line. There are little tidbits to follow the next week and the week after that. I def I like it. I think it's it's well put together right now. Yep. All right. And then the theme of at least the first hour, we see Grayson Waller walking backstage. Uh, two women want nothing to do with him, and he's just being a cocky mofo as he's walking through the back. Yeah, Grayson was uh, heavily featured this entire show through and through. Yep. <sighs> Sigh number one. <laughs> All right, back from the commercial, Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, they're going to a country music concert with Caden Carter and Casey Canzaro. Uh, we see some random stuff. Segment ends with Briggs and Jensen watching as Canzaro and Carter dance together. It seems like Briggs and Jensen are kind of crushing on these rave girls who are now country girls, Boris. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought this was fine. This was okay. It went a little long. They could have achieved everything they wanted to in half the time, but whatever. That's pro wrestling. That's the these backstage segments, by and large, kind of fall into that uh, trap. But I, I didn't hate this. I wouldn't have sighed at it. <sighs> Just I can't. Hate this. <laughs> um, all right. So Grayson Waller is coming out to a shit ton of booze. Um, Waller is uh, walking in the ring. The fans are chanting asshole now. Waller says he almost had a tear in his eye last week. He goes on about how Johnny Gargano overstayed his welcome with the promo last week. Going on and on and on. The fans begin chanting shut the hell up as Waller brags about getting all the views um, and going viral last week. He says that's what happens when you bet on yourself. Waller shows us footage he filmed on his phone last week as he beat Gargano down, taunted Vic Joseph, among others. Waller says he's got chills watching this again, and he loves every second of it. Waller says he cemented himself as the NXT superstar last week, going from jumping off the War Games cage to ending the career of a NXT legend. And then he spent his weekend partying with some of the biggest celebrities in the world, 
And then he says, but what did you fans do? Nothing but complain online about someone more successful than you. Waller says he's a nice guy, so he's giving people clout back. Uh, we see some fan tweets on the big screen and a tweet from Wade Barrett. Uh, Waller taunts Barrett and says this isn't 2010, so he couldn't care less about what Barrett thinks of him. Waller taunts Vic Joseph now and says he didn't do a single thing to save his friend last week. That's the type of person Vic Joseph is. Um, Waller doesn't need friends, family, or fans. The only thing he needs to go to the top of this industry is Grayson Waller. He drops the mic, booze get louder, Waller's music hits, and he starts dancing around the ring as the heat continues from the Nextras. Yeah, really like this promo. Thought it was well done by Waller. I like his heel uh, persona. I like his heel garb, his costume. He, he looks like a dickhead out there. Kind of has like an Ethan Page style in a way, but it works for him. Um, I really like that he wouldn't even accept Wade Barrett's love. He was just like, no, you're old. People respect you. I don't want it. I'm I'm on my own. I'm a bad guy. So Bully Ray, Boris, every like, it feels like every few months, tweets or Instagram something out about how nobody wants to be a heel anymore. And it always has a picture of him being a heel or something. It's basically to, to pat his own back. Yeah. You know what? I don't mean to insult Bully Ray because honestly, he was a dope heel. But he always said that's it's a common, common uh, complaint of a lot of older wrestlers, specifically him, all the time. Nobody wants to be a real bad guy anymore. Nobody wants booze. Grayson Waller wants booze. He wants to be a real bad guy. And I really like it. It's it's like it is sorely missing in wrestling. This guy is. is not. He's he is cool. But he's not trying to be Kevin Nash. He's not trying to get cheers secretly. He wants you to fucking boo him. And I like it a lot. That's exactly it. You know, and I was just waiting for that pause so I can jump in and say, look, ever since the NWO and, and DX, right, like the cool heel thing really started. And since then, it's very, very, very rare to find an actual heel. Say what you want about the Miz. When Miz is a heel, he is a heel. Uh, it's true. You know, you know, Brian Daniel, like, look at that program. Like, there were during that run of that epic Miz run during SmackDown, right? Like, he was a heel through and through, and he didn't give a crap about, like, any anything else. He just went out there to be a heel. And it's so rare to find that, just like you said, right? Everyone wants to be that cool heel, but Grayson Waller doesn't want that at all. And I'm really liking that, and I think that is going to differentiate him from any other heel. Uh, absolutely. At this moment, it currently is. We'll see how long it lasts, yes. but it feels like he... He understands that, and at least he's being booked and he's being written to be that guy. So right now, it's really, really working. Again, we'll see how long it lasts, but I'm I'm loving where his character's at at this very moment on December fifteenth, morning, twenty twenty one. Agreed, a hundred percent. All right, so we get video footage from last week when MSK founder Shaman, uh, as it was revealed to be Matt Riddle. Uh, we go to a gym. Uh, where Diamond Mine is all preparing. We, Malcolm Bivens sends a message to Braun Breaker with two Ks ahead of tonight's non-title match with the NXT Cruiserweight Champion Roderick Strong. Uh, Bivens speaks while the Diamond Mine trains in the background. Uh, Bivens says it doesn't get bigger than Strong versus Breaker tonight, but Breaker is not the workhorse of NXT that Strong is, and he can't wait to see Strong put Braun in his place tonight. 
Strong says, tonight the Diamond Mine will divide and conquer. He goes on and says something about taking care of business with no help tonight. Bivens then asks Ivy Nile if she's ready to go crack some heads, and she is. They head off while Strong talks strategy with the Creed brothers, and we head back to commercial. Yeah, anytime Malcolm Bivens gets to speak, it is a treat. We love him around here for good reason. He's an excellent promo man. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong uh, with this, buddy. Uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, again, you know, I'm gonna say, I know we say this every week, but I just want to remind people that Diamond Mine in the NXT 2.0 era is thriving compared to. They didn't really get much of a chance in the Black and Gold, but you know, they were losing matches already in the Black and Gold. They weren't, they they weren't this dominant force, this dominant team like that they are right now. And I'm, they're not dominant, dominant. They do get some L's here and there, but they at least seem scary. They at least seem like people I don't want to make fun of. They at least seem like people I don't want to talk shit about. Yeah, honestly, I, I hate to say it, and I'm not saying he should have been fired, but removing Tyler Rust from this group and replacing him with three young killers was an excellent decision. Yes. It was an excellent decision, and it kind of really fit where this group was at. Calling like Tyler Rust the, one of the premier athletes in WWE, while indeed it might be true, he doesn't come across that way, and we've seen him lose so many matches. You know what I mean? That it, it just kind of it kind of hurt the group a lot. So I really like yeah their success story of NXT 2.0 for sure. Yes. All right. Uh, speaking, we go from success story to what the fuck is going on? And that's my one <laughs> F. Uh, we get a new episode of Lashing Out with Lash Legend. She's joined by Jacket Time, Ike Jiro, and Kushida. And then my fear is becoming more true. Right before they start talking. Wendy Chu makes a quick appearance, scurrying across the screen from out of nowhere, carrying a pillow. My God. My God. She's she's Rip Van Winkle? She just, it's like, I don't know what her what her gimmick is, but sleepy girl? It's very, very strange. I don't it's, get it at all. I, look, I'm a fan of, of, of giving things a chance, you know, I try to be very positive about the wrestling, especially about NXT, especially about WWE, I tr honestly try so hard to be positive, but they do some shit like this sometimes, and it's just like, what are they even thinking, like, what's, what's the point of this, like, do people internally at WWE, at NXT, think this is entertaining, think this is good, think this is going to get over. Like, you're literally creating personas that are doomed to fail. Well, I think the answer to those questions are yes, yes, and yes, sadly. So yeah. that's why she's on TV. That's why she's getting seconds of TV time every week. Oh, sure. All right, Lash talks about how Jiro and Kushida are always dressed to impress, and we get a quick video for them. She asks what asks what their secret is and they say it's style strong they go on and send a message to the grizzled young veterans over last week's attack they say like grayson waller grizzled young veterans has no respect for the ring and jacket time is the ultimate team and while they always have smiles on their faces they will wipe the floor with gyv's faces tonight yeah uh all right pretty cool i don't know it's yeah this jacket time act is just not it does not do it for me. I just tend to tune out anytime they're on screen. It's just so bad. It's look, it's once they're in the ring, it's fine. 
but yes. I find that any characterization that they've been doing with them has just been. I don't want to be overly sensitive, but they're a caricature caricature of what you would expect of an anime character. Yeah, it's like it's like a sixty-year-old man's interpretation of what they think anime is. Pretty yeah. much, I don't like. Yeah, I I don't find it entertaining in the least. Even ironically, I just feel bad for them every time they're on screen. Same here. Same here. Uh, man, just think of it this way: Kashida could be having matches with Will Ospreay, Zack Saber Jr., and others. I know, right? Yeah, Hiromu. Yep. Even they kind they kind of missed each other largely, like their primes anyway in New yeah. Japan. It's crazy. All right, so we go to the ring. Amari Miller is wrapping up her entrance. Ivy Nile's looking on. Malcolm Bivens is at ringside, and it's now time for Amari Miller versus Ivy Nile. Matt, what did you think of this match? Really enjoyed it. The crowd was chanting, Ivy's gonna kill you, and she just gave she gave Amari a little look like, see, I'm getting over. Like, they know I'm gonna beat your ass. And then she beat her ass, and she won with the Zack Sabre Jr. style uh, dragon sleeper with her hands clasped behind her own back. Awesome looking submission. I really believe that it could choke someone out or break their neck. And uh, yeah, Ivy Nile wins with that in, I believe, three minutes, and what was it, 44 seconds? perfectly fine squash i thought this was uh, pretty good yeah i agree with you look ivy now is is if anything you know these squashes they're giving her enough time to show how athletic she is um she has a very unique move set from most women in wwe and nxt uh so i really enjoy that they're kind of allowing her to portray this type of character kind of letting her be different get letting her be an ass kicker um and i'm really 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 liking ivy now like i think she's gonna have a standout 2022 yeah i i hope so i think she yeah she could be the wwe's answer to layla hirsch this ivy nile the sawed off female ass kicker i definitely really enjoy her work if you had to put a rating on this match boris i would go three instagrams out of five 60 percent engagement percentage on this one but you know slightly above average squash all things considered yep agreed all right, Zion Quinn is backstage with the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. She asks about what happened last week with Electra Lopez and what her intentions were as Santos Escobar defeated Quinn. Quinn says he runs it straight and it's game on now. It's game on now that he knows the rules of the game. Electra is playing. Um, Mackenzie is about to send it back to the announcers, but Robert Stone interrupts and tells her not to do it again this time. Stone says he is sick of the disrespect from Mackenzie and everyone else. Uh, and moving forward, Stone is going to be taken serious. This is when Von Beverly, Von Forehead, Von Smackdown, Von, Smackdown, Von Wagner shows up. And he says last week was the, uh, was the first body to break referring to Kyle O'Reilly, and that will continue. Vaughn says he will continue to smash because he can, and if you have a problem with that, then you can say it to his face. I would have died if he said, say it to his forehead. Um... <laughs> you know, projected it on his forehead. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> Motherfucker has a huge forehead. Sorry for the two Fs, but like, holy, that guy's got a head. <laughs> I believe they call it a five head in some circles, Mark. <laughs> That's more like a six head. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, the fans are audibly booing him. You can actually hear the boos coming from the actual arena. Uh, uh, Robert Stone tells Mackenzie now she can send it back to the announcers. 
Vaughn Flannel, he uh, raided Briggs and Jensen's closet for this promo, but it was perfectly fine. He is like, you know what he is? You know what Vaughn Wagner is at this moment? He's Test. He's Test 2.0. Vaughn Test. Vaughn Test. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. We're using it. All right, we see Joe Gacy and Harlan Summer backstage. Gacy tells Harlan he has waited so long for this, so don't be afraid to be who you really are. Gacy walks off, and Harlan follows. Yeah, um, we'll see more out of Harland being absolutely batshit insane. And yeah, we got to talk about that briefly, but I, I was kind of disappointed with this actual match. Let's get into it. Um. Yeah, so before that... Uh, we see MSK with Matt Riddle. They oh, have yeah, the bag sorry. from. <laughs> uh, they have the bag from last week, and I can't believe that the entire sketch consisted of this bag. Uh, Riddle wants to know what's in it. They pull out scissors, glasses, batteries, earbuds. Riddle asks if that's it. He then pulls out a baseball bat, uh, an orange traffic cone, a uh, custom United States title from John Cena. Riddle says this stuff is cluttering their lives and they need to clear their minds if they want to regain the NXT tag team titles. MSK asks Riddle how they clear their minds and focus on the title. Riddle asks for one second, then pulls from the bag his own scooter. He tells them sometimes you just have to dig deep, bros. Wesley pulls a scooter out of the bag, as does Nash Carter. Riddle and MSK ride off on their scooters into the sunset as Vic says Riddle is leading MSK to the promised land so yeah the yeah, the gag here is that it was a very small bag and they would reach all the way deep into the bag into the nether regions of the world into the fourth dimension and they would pull out these comically oversized uh, you know gimmicks from the bag I actually didn't hate this it wasn't as good as last week's promo but Matt Riddle has added a little, a little bit of spice to this act and he's really helping and i wonder if we're going to get a matt riddle nxt match it, it, it kind of seems like that's what we're building to like some form of six-man tag or something right like we're, i think we're gonna for I, I think at this point at least on msk's first match back we're gonna see riddle i think that's for sure where this is going that makes a lot of sense perhaps i also think uh not to get off to, on too much of a tangent but we're obviously gonna eventually build to randy orton rkoing matt riddle and that's gonna be a wrestlemania match so could it be possible that Orton makes an NXT appearance and it's like Riddle with a with an MXT uh, MSK backing uh, in a six man versus Orton and I don't know grizzled young veterans or something? Honestly, at this point, anything is possible um, because like I do we, I, we've talked about this and something that NXT 1.0 was really missing was that connection to the main roster. Right at the very least, now they. They, 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 they kind of have this one canon story between all brands, right? It's something so small, but I feel like it's something that makes NXT, I don't want to say worthwhile, worth watching, but it at least <laughs> makes it seem like it takes place in the same universe. Don't want to say anything crazy like this show is worth watching, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> But no, I, I 100% agree with you. Hey, man, they're, they're talking about like the day one main event. Like they talked about it openly. There's going to be a fatal four-way on day one. You should watch it. So yeah, this is part of WWE canon now, and I like that a lot. Yep. All right, let's go to the match that we were going to talk about, and that's Harlan versus Guru Raj. Uh, okay, so for a squash match, this didn't work for me. Um, Harlan 
while under while I understand what they were going for, I just wish he kind of showed a little bit more in his uh, ass kicking of Raj. Yeah, this match went one minute and four seconds. Harlan basically like did a spot where he cauliflowered his ear a little bit, like ground his forearm into his ear. And then one with like a back suplex into a rock bottom. It's a move that's been done many times before. I think Matt Hardy might have used it as like the side effect too, or the reverse side effect or something. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, it was a pretty, uh, it was closer to like a superstar squash than it was a Goldberg squash. You know, it was, it was not the best first appearance, but it was a fine minute. Like it wasn't I, terrible. I think everything else with Harlan made up for it, but the match itself and for me, the match and the in-ring is still the most important thing in wrestling. So this was kind of a fail in the grand scheme of things. But, sorry, fail there. But I think it kind of overall like kind of evened itself out. It even stevened itself. I would agree with that. And I think, yeah, the rating, I, I had it at two Twitters out of five. Slight fail, not the worst effort. It's a 40% engagement on that one. Just a, just a slight fail. Yep. All right, so after the match, Harlan's just standing in the ring. Gacy stands on the apron and asks him if he feels better. Harlan shakes his head no. Harlan goes back to Raj, continues slamming his face to the mat. All the officials are out trying to stop Harlan, but only Gacy can actually make him stop. Gacy exits the ring as Harlan follows as their music is playing. I actually like the new Joe Gacy theme. I think I like it more than the old Joe Gacy theme. I like the alternative rock. Reminds me of like, I don't know, better than Ezra or something. A little softer. Yeah. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I have nothing there. Uh, we see LA Knight arriving uh, in the back parking lot. Uh, man, these do you think they hey, do you think they get docked pay when they're late? <laughs> no, they well, I hope not because that would be ridiculous. But yeah, every wrestler is late to every show, it seems. They just show up before they are supposed to get beat down and then they, I don't know, get carted out. Uh, <laughs> LA Knight kind of had a rough night here, though. He had a rough LA night. <laughs> no, no, that didn't work. No, no that <laughs> ah, didn't work. Sorry. All right, so Knight doesn't want to talk about how special Grayson Waller thinks he is. He goes on knocking Waller and calls him an incel. Knight tells the cameraman to go find Waller and tell him Knight is here before Knight finds him first. Good promo. LA Knight yeah. can talk, for sure. He can really talk. You know what's weird? Face Knight is better than heel Knight. So far, he's he's coming across really well. It is strange, but it's working for him, definitely. I hope he gets to get a cup of coffee on the main roster. I hope so, too. Someone like that really deserves especially when you have someone who can actually talk. Yeah, they need it. And he's a good babyface and heel, which they need. They need babyfaces so bad. Yep. All right. So the next match was Cora Jade versus Dakota Kai. As Cora Jade is making her way down via the Darby Allen method, uh, Mandy Rose randomly appears at ringside, staring Jade down. They have a few words. Mandy Rose joins the, the announcers for commentary. Uh, Jade continues her entrance. We go to commercial. Um, Back from the break, officials are walking down a set of stairs with Harlan and Gacy. They're still yelling at him from what happened in the arena. Joe Gacy, um, they're just kind of walking slowly. Harlan is walking all menacing. And then Harlan grabs WWE coach Brian Kendrick and launches him down the steps. 
Um, just oh, like he just tossed them like a, like a nothing. Um, Kendrick is on the floor at the bottom of the stairs. He's being checked on as Harlan and Gacy look on from the top of the stairs. Officials are still trying to calm him down. Um, what did you think of this, Matt? I actually didn't realize it was Brian Kendrick until they told us he was recovering later in the show. I thought this was fun. Like he clearly got thrown off the stairs onto a crash pad down yeah. there. And then the, the camera panned up to him halfway, like up the stairs, looking like he was absolutely dead, like head on the ground, body on the stairs, back bent backwards. Like, yeah, I actually thought this was pretty, this was pretty fun. It reminded me of like Brock Lesnar killing Zach Gowan or something, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, man, those were ass kickings that Gowan took from Lesnar. It's actually insane. Go back and watch Lesnar versus Gowan. We're off, we're off on a tangent here, but that's one of the craziest squash matches of all time. It's like uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to watch. Spe- since we're on this tangent, uncomfortable is uh, JBL versus Eddie Guerrero. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, we watched that match recently, and that was actually tough to get through. The one from Judgment Day 2004. Five-star match, by the way. Like, that match is absolutely incredible storytelling in pro wrestling, but it is disgusting. Eddie Guerrero literally, like, almost dies. He needed a blood transfusion. Yeah. Uh, So back to the ring, Dakota Kai is wrapping her entrance up as Jay looks on. Rose is still at the announce table. She is on commentary. The bell rings. And this starts the match. I think it's worth noting that Mandy Rose was wearing Catwoman gear for, uh, you know, just uh, for posterity's sake. I think history will note the Catwoman gear. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) Sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So this match, it was what it was. It wasn't the best of matches, but it wasn't the worst of matches. It was the blurst of matches. It was the blurst of matches. That's hilarious. A pretty standard average WWE women's fair. I liked uh, Ivy Nile's match more, but I also wouldn't call this bad at all. No, 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 not at all. Look, Cora Jade has, she's obviously still learning the ropes, right? And, 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 but what she has is good. Dakota Kai is a perfect person to be in the ring with her because uh, she can really kind of like teach her the ways. Now, what my issue is, is this portrayal of Cora Jade. I'm going to start calling her to one, two, three girl because, you know, <laughs> having this constant one thing is being the constant underdog. Right. But another thing is being an underdog when you can actually go and get some offense the Rey Mysterio approach, where he's an underdog, but he can still kick your ass, and he will use his size to his advantage. That's how you do this underdog. But I just feel like Cora Jade, you know, they're portraying her as this young 20-year-old and who's lucky to even be in the ring and is getting these fluke victories because even in this match, um, you know, Kai goes under the ring, brings out a shovel. The referee's warning her. The referee grabs a shovel, puts it away from Kai. This gives uh, Cora Jade time to roll her up from behind for the win so it's kind of like okay cool Cora Jade won again she's one step closer to Mandy Rose but she hasn't shown us why she's been winning she's literally just fluking out and getting these mystery wins right like even at war games she got the pin but it was because of Raquel Gonzalez's chingona bomb which by the way Braun Strowman used on ROH and we'll talk about that on BAM um Ah. That that she was able to get the pin, right? So it's kind of like, I don't like where they're going with Cora Jade. 
because of that. Like, there are ways to make her an underdog, but a believable underdog. Yes, well put, man. I can't argue any of that. It's like you said, she's closer to uh, Mikey Whipwreck. She's closer to the one, two, three kid than she is a Rey Mysterio or uh, a Johnny Gargano, yeah. dare we say. Maybe she is, yeah. Well, we, we tie it in with skateboarding. What is she, the 900 kid? The 1080 kid? Four six. I don't know. I don't freaking know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not much of a skateboarder, as my physique my, and general age might tell you, Boris. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was a pretty average WWE match. We're going to go two and a half TikToks out of five, right on the Mendoza line. 50% engagement on this one. It was okay. It was there. Yeah. All right. So after the match... After the match, I don't know what I just said. I'm not having a stroke, I swear. After the match. <laughs> uh, Cora Jade is celebrating, but she looks confused. Like, And this is, this is going back to what I just said. She should be confident that she just won. You know, yeah, she got the surprise victory, but own it. Own it. Anyways, so Kai comes from the side, levels her. Kai looks to use a shovel on Jade while she's down, but then Raquel Gonzalez makes the save. Uh, Kai retreats. Gonzalez goes after her. Jade sits up in the ring to recover, but more music hits. Um, and out comes Gigi Dolan and JC Jane at ringside. And then typical stupid WWE, not even WWE, just typical stupid faces in wrestling. Cora Jade is completely distracted with Dolan and JC Jane, so she forgets Mandy Rose is even there. Mandy Rose takes advantage of the distraction, attacks Jade from behind, hurting her arm again, laying her out as the fans boo. Toxic attraction kind of celebrates after this. Yeah, Catwoman Mandy Rose beating the crap out of young Cora like she's uh, some kind of penguin henchman or something. <laughs> Boris, I uh, yeah, I agree with you uh, about everything you've said about Cora Jade, which I rarely do. I'm usually I usually think you're too harsh on Cora Jade, but you're 100 percent on the Dude, money. I'm this being week. super complimentary to her. I'm <laughs> saying she's not being portrayed good enough right now. Yes, and yeah, I think you're right about that, my friend. I think you <laughs> nailed it, buddy. <laughs> let's throw that out there, listeners. <laughs> I am I'm praising Cora Jade right now. Yeah. Hey, hey, man, I, I, I just don't even know what to add except to say that you nailed it. And uh, once again, Catwoman Mandy Rose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Grayson Waller now is still walking backstage. Man, what is he looking for? Like, is he looking for catering? Like, he's just walking everywhere. Um, <laughs> he's looking for likes and views, Boris. We've established ah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but then, honestly, I love this brief cameo. Tiffany Stratton walks up past him we only see her back and she says her daddy thinks waller is a terrible person i fucking died with that i don't know why i'm swearing so much <laughs> yeah you foul mouth boris today got some rest and now you're just fired up buddy but yeah that wasn't even the best part of this promo but that was pretty fun I like oh yeah that. no it's okay so stratton keeps walking uh waller just scoffs this off and then io shirai approaches waller just starts yelling at him in japanese for like a mi like a couple minutes like this lasted legitimately two minutes or so of her just going Ape shit in Japanese, yelling at him. I love how Waller is like right by some uh, some seats, and he just like you know pulls up a seat as Yoshirai is still yelling at him, and just sits down with this with this with this with this smirk that you just want to punch him in the face. Um, as soon as Shirai walks off, um, Waller says, "I think she likes me." 
Yeah, actually, that made me laugh. A little chuckle anyway. I like this Grayson Waller, and uh, Io Shirai was awesome here, just screaming at this man in Japanese and then walking away in a huff. Oh, I, I, I actually really like this. I... It, oftentimes when a wrestler is featured throughout the show, you get sick of them. But I thought this this was not the law of diminishing returns. If anything, I got more and more out of it each time Grayson Waller was on screen. Agreed. Yeah, you know, we saw this happen a lot with The Way, right? Like, there was a time when The Way was, like, iffy with me just because they were featured throughout the show. And every skit just got worse and worse, right? So yes. this this Waller thing is actually working fairly well. Yeah, and every, like I said, like you kind of just alluded to it, but I thought every sketch was better and better this yep. week. So, hey. All right. So, out comes Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, to a pretty good pop-O. Um, Tony is carrying his war game souvenir in a glass case, and that's Pete Dunn's mouthpiece. Uh, D'Angelo heads to the ring. We go to commercial. Uh, back from the break, we see Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai brawling with weapons in the parking lot. I don't know why this, just the... Just picturing two women with random weapons in a parking lot and a bunch of referees. It just made me laugh a lot. Um, uh, officials are trying to keep them apart. We go to the ring. Vic Joseph shows us how D'Angelo ripped Dunn's mouth guard off from his mouth during war games. Uh, D'Angelo looks on now as Andre Chase makes his way to the ring while Alicia Taylor does the introductions. Um, this kicks off Tony D'Angelo A.O. A.O. Gabagool versus Andre Chase. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo, a baby face this week. We'll see if that sticks long term. But yeah, this was a pretty good match. I think D'Angelo's a good baby face. He's kind of figuring it out. He uh, he can sell decently. The crowd likes him and he knows how to like get them to pop for his stuff. So I don't know. I think he might have a future as a baby face rather than a heel, this Tony D'Angelo. I didn't mind this at all. I thought it was okay. So I was thinking about this. You know how last week we were talking about maybe WWE is listening to the crowd and kind of positioning wrestlers as a heel or a face, depending on how the crowd reacts to them, right? I think that there's more to this. I think what's actually going on is because this is developmental, they will be changing between heels and faces just so that they can get used to being either or. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too, man. And it, it makes for a weird product to watch and follow week by week, but they don't really care about that. And I'm not even sure that they should. The end goal is to, ve to develop these talents and to make them ready for the main roster. This is AAA baseball. Like we know that and we accept it. And that's kind of why we love it in a lot of ways, but it is what it is, man. I think that's smart to do it that way. I really do. Yeah, give them, give them, like let them develop, right? Like this was clearly an issue before. Because we've seen a lot of people flounder on the main roster and not because of them, but just because the visions were different, right? Like, so now that there's this one coherent vision, well, they can finally develop into what they're looking for on the main roster. All right. So Tony D'Angelo ends up delivering his Northern Lights suplex into the twisting netbreaker, the Gabagool. Um, and he got the pin for yes. the win. I actually think they might have quietly named this thing. It might be officially the forget about it because it's been a couple times that Vic Joseph has said, and you can forget about it exactly at the second that he hits the move. It seems like a pre-canned call, you know? I think that might officially be the name of the finisher, but nah, we'll await confirmation on that. 
It will always be known as the GABA Cruel. <laughs> the GABA Cruel. So, yeah, uh, this went four minutes and 17 seconds. Tony D'Angelo wins with the three-handled uh, moss-covered family gridunzel, a.k.a. the Forget About It, a.k.a. the GABA Cruel, a.k.a. the Fisherman's Neck Breaker. Uh, maybe I'm just a huge Tony Mark, but we're going to go three vines out of five for this one. 60% engagement. I liked it. You're really reaching to the uh, the social medias when you say vines. <laughs> well, are you no longer on Vine, Boris? What Vine are you saying? Vine is dead. <laughs> I, I know, buddy. I know. I know. Just, just, I know you know. I'm just trying to, <laughs> you know, trying to go along with the bit, you see. I thought Vine was going to last forever. No, I guess I guess TikTok just TikTok it, it kind immediately of, yeah. became what, what it was anyway. So Unfortunately, right? Um, <laughs> you can listen to why on the It's Canon Podcast.com. Um, nice. So after the match, Tony D'Angelo grabs a mic. He goes on about how he's backed up everything he said he would do since coming to NXT. He just took out Chase, so he's the head of the class now. He said he's smack done in the mouth at War Games, and then this is when Pete freaking dunn comes out dunn has a mic you know okay so one thing i noticed later on dunn has the skinniest chicken legs known to man oh yeah you just noticed that now no no offense i mean like i don't know like pete dunn would he beat me in a fight uh i'm gonna say yes because it's the political thing to do at this moment but uh no i i, I pete dunn is he, he's a great wrestler and yeah i don't mean to uh you know make fun no, of him but i can kind of see i can kind of see why vince mcmahon hasn't called him up in a lot of ways because he, he it is he does have like a a pretty terrible look uh, so Dunn says D'Angelo does a lot of uh, talking for a geezer with no track record. So let's see if you can hold that same energy when I come to the ring and get in your face. D'Angelo says Dunn has a lot of mouth and a face only a mother could love. Dunn is in the ring now. D'Angelo taunts him over the mouthpiece sitting on the steps in the glass case. Dunn says he's not here to talk. He's here to fight. D'Angelo tells him to take it easy. He has some business to tend to, and they can finish this next week. D'Angelo goes to leave, but tries for a sneak attack. Dunn blocks it, snaps his fingers back, sending him outside of the ring. Uh, this is when the fans start chanting, Bruiser, wait! Uh, D'Angelo backs away, goes for the glass case on the steps, but Dunn gets there first. D'Angelo watches on as Dunn stomps on the glass case, picks up the mouth guard, uh, cleans it off of broken glass. Hopefully, he got all of it, and he puts it on to end the segment. I thought that was pretty funny. Somebody actually yelled "ew" when he put yeah, it back in his I mouth. I saw that. <laughs> Camera caught that. that. I uh, I laughed at that. Uh, yeah, this perfectly fine Pete Dunn being grumpy kind of segment, and uh, Dunn versus D'Angelo next week. Let's go. Yep. I really enjoyed this next little segment because it kind of shows you like what how. how NXT and the powers that be view Braun Breaker with two Ks. All right, so Braun Breaker is warming up. That's when Grayson Waller walks into the dressing room. He's clearly looking for kind of a safe place to chill. Uh, Damon Kemp, Bobby Stevenson, and a few others are also sitting around. Breaker tells Waller he's not welcome in this locker room any longer, so he needs to leave. Everyone else agrees. Waller says, okay, that's fine, because real superstars have their own locker room anyway. Waller tells him to remember that. Grayson Waller kicked out of the locker room, so he is the new Miz. He He's is totally the new, the new Enzo. Miz. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I did like this a lot, and it was our first seed for Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller, which seems like it's going to be the first big 2.0 versus 2.0 feud once Breaker does win that title. Yep. Uh, back from the break, we see trainers checking on Brian Kendrick after the attack by Harlan earlier. Uh, this is when we go back to the ring. Idris Sanofi is wrapping up his entrance. Boa watches. Uh, we see what happened two weeks ago that led to this match. The bell rings, and it's time for Boa versus Idris Sanofi. I was actually kind of surprised. I felt like Boa was going to lose this match, but he kind of squashed Idris a little bit. It wasn't. It was a pretty dominant victory, and Boa wins clean with his finisher, which I'm calling Boa Mass. It's the Black Mass Roundhouse Kick, but done to a kneeling opponent, Boris. Yep. Yeah, this match was whatever. I didn't really care for this. Boa, he won. He's posing at ringside to wrap the segment. Matt, how would you rate this? Yeah, slightly below average squash, I would say. Not unlike the Harland match, we're going to go two Pinterests out of five. Boris, 40% engagement on that one. Oh, Pinterest. All right, so Raquel <laughs> Gonzalez is pacing in the locker room as she's furious. She says she looks back on her friendship at Dakota Kai and as, positive, uh, as a positive, but she needs to end Kai now. Gonzalez uh, starts talking in Spanish. She's still fired up. Gonzalez says, let's finish this like we started in a street fight. You know what would be an interesting concept? Instead of a loser leaves town match in developmental, which kind of a little bit makes no sense. What about a winner leaves town match in NXT? You win the match, you get a guaranteed spot on the main roster, let's say for three months or six months in kayfabe, whatever it is, because God knows they're going to fire the person who wins anyway within five or six months. But uh, yeah, what about a winner leaves town in NXT in this developmental league? So let me bring up my, my, my soccer references again. There yes. should be some form of promotion, demotion within the main roster in NXT, mainly people I going up. Um, I think that they can do something very cool, make it enjoyable. People actually watch NXT 2.0 um, and, 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 you know, the winner gets a contract to the main roster. Something I've said for years about NXT, I would love to see Tony Khan steal it for AEW. I think it would work well with them, too, is a 64-man tournament with a bunch of people in the indies and stuff uh, like around March for March Madness. It would be the pro wrestling response to March Madness, and the winner of the tournament gets called up to the main roster for X amount of time. I, I, I think... I just think it would be an excellent idea. It would capture the sports fan in a way. I, I actually think it would. It would capture the casual fan. It would educate people about a bunch of wrestlers. It would give people like, jobs and opportunities. I just, I, I, I really hope that that could happen one day. So I firmly believe that the Owen Hart Invitational or whatever it's going to be is going to happen during March Madness. That would be awesome. If it's anything close to my idea, I'm going to watch every single match. <laughs> I think we're going to watch every single match regardless. I think you're right about that, buddy. All right, so back from the break, Grayson Waller's outside of LA Knight's red Corvette. It looks like a woman is in the passenger seat. Waller brags about how this will be a great view. He drives off, and we see Knight laid out on the ground. Officials rush over to check him out as Waller speeds away. Uh, we go back to the ring, and it's jacket time versus grizzled young veterans, James Drake, Zach Gibson, but Matt... I, um, Waller got featured a ton. 
Yeah, he was he was the running uh, the through line of this show was Grayson Waller is a heel dickhead. And I think it was Tiffany Stratton in his front seat, Boris. I think that was a little Easter egg for us yeah. to uh, nibble on here as fans. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, because because daddy says he's a bad person. So, she's... <laughs> so obviously, so obviously she's riding off with the bad boy as a heel herself. But, you know, as a human being, Boris. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right, so it's Jacket Time versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. This match was good. Like, this is the thing. Jacket Time, Eichmann Jiro, Kushida, both good wrestlers. Grizzled Young Veterans, both good wrestlers. Both teams, I have no idea what, what their future holds in NXT. Yeah, a million percent. Jacket Time, I don't think, are have a prayer at the main roster. The Grizzled Young Veterans, I could see this gimmick on Monday Night Raw, but them losing a lot, of course. But yeah, I thought this was the best match on the show. It was probably on the same level as the opener, but I liked it more. Uh, it was perfectly fine. Good six minutes and I believe 11 seconds of action. And like you said, Jacket Time with the big win due to interference from the Creed Brothers, who came out and and kind of fucked with the grizzled young veterans, not jacket time, which I found to be interesting. It, it looks like a three-way program here, like three different teams feuding all with each other. Yeah, uh, and it's cool that it's three different teams, three different, three newer teams. Well, the you know what I mean by newer teams, newer teams in the in the tag team scene for yes. the NXT belts. Yes, I know grizzled young veterans have you know been there before, but not this incarnation of them. Uh, the Creed brothers. You know, again, I think that they're destined to be on the main roster sooner rather than later. Uh, so I can see them kind of winning this mini feud. Uh, but it's kind of cool. Again, you know, they're at least doing something with a tag team division again. Like, you know, for a really long time since we took over uh, or since we started reviewing NXT, the tag team division had its good matches with msk and the grizzled young veterans and legado and you know the you know that combination of oni lorkin um remember that guy uh and then you know but this is the first time that in a while that it's it's being featured in such a way that like you actually kind of maybe hopefully give a damn yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, there, there's character work. Now, I hate Jacket Time's character. I hate it. But I kind of like the Grizzled Young Veterans characters, and I kind of like where Diamond Mind is at. So that's that's okay. I keep saying Diamond Mind. It's Diamond Mine. Mine. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. I I know that. It just my it comes out of my mouth all screwed up and weird. I get my my words all mumbled and jumbled. Uh, anyway, uh, Jacket Time wins this match with the combination Swanton Bomb and Reverse DDT. I would go as high as three and a half my spaces. Boris out of five, seventy percent engagement. All right. Uh, after the match, uh, Creed brothers are watching from the entrance way. Uh, Grizzled young veterans are still at ringside. Jacket Time is celebrating. Then we jump to Roderick Strong. He's walking backstage with Malcolm Bivens when they're approached by Trick Williams and NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes. Trick makes a comment about Strong not being the A champion of NXT. Hayes wishes Strong good luck in the main event and tells him don't miss. Bivens says they don't believe in luck, but it looks like Trick and Hayes might need some. Bivens and Strong walk off. Trick and Hayes see a Dexter Loomis drawing left nearby. The drawing shows Loomis chasing Trick away, but Hayes tells him not to worry. Hayes and Trick Williams walk the opposite way, revealing the full picture as we head to commercial break. So it appears 
that those seeds of a unification match, unification match, are happening. Yes, and that seems to me like a New Year's Evil match. Melo versus Roddy, both titles on the line, and maybe that'll be the end of the Cruiserweight title. It kind of feels like they've been trying to wrap up the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, agreed. Who do you think would win? Mello. I think yeah, Mello would win. And I bet, it's, I bet it's going to be a great match, too, if it does happen. But, yeah, I think uh, for sure Carmelo has. For mm-hmm. sure, for sure. I agree with you. Uh, okay, where are we? Back from the break, Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez in a street fight is announced for next week. Vic says Cora Jade re-injured her shoulder tonight and her status is day-to-day. He says LA Knight is being transported to a local hospital with multiple undisclosed injuries. Vic also says Brian Kendrick has already been transported to a local hospital and is in rough shape with possible cervical fracture. Jeez, somebody needs to get order backstage. It's <sighs> chaos. People are falling like flies back there. Uh, also for next week's episode, Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo and Trick Williams versus Dexter Loomis, which might be bad. Wow. Yeah. So good thing we don't have a worst of 2021 list of matches. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. But yeah, so next up we have the main event and again a very strong wrestling match. Although I do think maybe I like the tag match more. Yeah, I like the tag match more, but this match was very respectable. I really um, you know, uh, Braun Breaker with 2Ks is really starting to show what he's made of in terms of like in the ring. Like I think that again, it's hard to judge because he's facing Champa, because he's facing Roderick Strong. You know, he's facing these people who we know can get a good match out of anyone. But the fact that he's not floundering, the fact that he's not failing just yet, the fact that he's getting over with the crowd, the fact that he is over with the crowd, the fact that he's not screwing up, the fact that he's not getting nervous, the fact that he's executing all his moves well, it's all positive stuff and again in developmental that's all we can honestly ask for absolutely like how could you have anything uh bad to say about braun breaker i think he's doing really well but it's like you said they're putting him in there with the right guys but that's how you bring someone along that's how this is whole the whole operation is supposed to work like this and it is working that's nice to see the braun breaker plan is working for sure now again we're going to see three or five years down the line if it worked but it is working you know Remember when we thought that Ridge Holland was going to be the face of NXT 2.0? And he could have been the face of Triple H's, and I'm so glad that we were wrong, buddy. I'm so glad. I'm really enjoying Braun Breaker. Like, I really, really do like this kid. Oh, he's great. He is awesome at the pro wrestling, man. He gets it. It's in his blood. You can see it. You can hear it in his voice. So, so good. So, yeah, I I enjoyed this match. I was maybe a little disappointed because my expectations were high, but you still couldn't call it any lower than three and a half Raya's. It's the celebrity dating profile thing. Out of five, Boris, 70% engagement on that one. Solid B, and I would probably say my silver medal match of the night. I agree with you 100%. So after the match, Breaker with two Ks is in the ring celebrating. We go to replays. uh, And then all of a sudden, we cut back and Tommaso Ciampa is uh, uh, dropping Braun Breaker face first. 
using a widow's bell, uh, Willow's bell, fans chant for Champa, they're chanting fight forever, Champa kneels down on Braun's face, talking trash, telling him that he may have won the battle at war games, but the NXT title is the war, Champa raises the title belt as we go off air. Yeah, Ciampa smashes him with a Willow's Bell onto the title. Pretty big heel move by babyface Ciampa there. But uh, yeah, we're getting that also at New Year's Evil, you gotta think. Yeah, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's what it's uh, being saved for. But overall, pretty pretty respectable episode of NXT 2.0. It wasn't the for worst. For sure, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't definitely the worst. The Larry David. The Larry David. Put that. Pretty solid, Boris, for sure. I would definitely, overall, I, I thought it was a win for NXT this week. Yeah, like, the matches weren't horrible. The promos, for the most part, were okay. The We're seeing in-ring improvement from the rookies. We're seeing some good character work being done from some of the rookies. We're seeing some of the rookies being able to kind of stand on their own. So, again, if we're looking at this from a pure developmental point of view... It's doing what it's supposed to do for now. Is this the best wrestling show of the week? Hell no. Is this must-watch TV? Not really. But it's doing what NXT was always supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah, I we're about to talk about the best WWE show of the week in a, in a couple minutes here. But uh, yeah, man, well put. I I think it comes down to this. They have created a new main event babyface in Braun Breaker. They have created a new main event heel in Grayson Waller. At least in terms of NXT, those guys are at the absolute top of the card at this moment, and they're both working. And that alone is a humongous W. The the wrestling matches themselves aren't the strongest. Uh, the TV show is not the best start to finish. There are misses uh, all over the place. But the big thing, the big, big issue of creating top flight stars, they're actually doing a pretty good job. We're going to see how it works. But right now they're on that path. There's a, there's a world where both Grayson Waller and especially Braun Breaker become humongous stars for WWE. You know what's funny? And I just thought of this as we were, as you were kind of talking, giving that spiel. I love how no attention is, like, very little attention is being put on Von Wagner and the fact that he took out Kyle O'Reilly. True. And he's already been on SmackDown, so it's clear they have high hopes for him. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I think it's time that we go across the pond and start chatting some NXT UK on NXT UK Corner. Pip, pip, my good man. We say it each and every week, and honestly, this week was no different. NXT UK, best WWE wrestling show each and every week. And uh, man, I'm, I'm, I know that uh, we're getting closer to the end of the year. We're getting closer to our top 121 matches of 2021. But your list is constantly changing. Like the amount of quality wrestling that we're seeing each and every week from all organizations has just been awesome. And this match featured one of my favorite tag team matches of the year. Yeah, absolutely, man. This was a uh, really strong wrestling show. I would say... I'm not sure if it was the best show. It probably was, but it had the best match 
and the best promo that I saw all of last week in in all of pro wrestling. Yeah. I thought the uh, well, we'll get into both, but obviously we've alluded to it. The the tag team main event, just another notch in Mustache Mountain's belt, another feather in their cap. What an awesome, underrated, still to this day tag team. They have nothing but awesome matches. Mustache yeah. Mountain. What I really enjoy about Mustache Mountain is like not only are they great in ring performers. But they also have the comedy portion of it. Trent Seven as a comedy wrestler and in single stuff, dude, amazing to watch. He's hilarious. But in ring, when he needs to be serious, he can be serious. Like yes. they're so versatile that like these guys are just like just. It's a shame, but we at least get to watch them be themselves on NXT UK. Yeah, in a fair world, Tyler Bates having 30-minute matches against Pete Dunne on WrestleMania. But that well, you don't live in a fair world, and he's stuck in NXT UK. It's a criminal waste of talent, but on the plus side, we get to watch him, you know, three Thursdays out of four every fucking month, and it's great. Tyler Bates rules. Yep, um, just like O'Doyle. Uh, so the first match, we start right away with Emilia McKenzie versus Blair Davenport. There was a nasty spear <laughs> in this oh, yeah. match from Emilia McKenzie to Blair Davenport. Um, this match, honestly, was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Amelia McKenzie's really good. I really liked her selling. It was very, very compelling the whole time. The compelling selling of Amelia McKenzie. She really drug me, drug me into this match, kicking and screaming, because I really didn't have many expectations for it, Boris. But like you said, yeah, pleasantly surprised, really good. Blair Davenport's awesome, the former B Priestley, uh, the Ichiban Gaijin, as she is referred to herself now. And yeah, I thought this was a really strong uh, big wrestler versus little wrestler match. Yeah, agreed. Um, at the end of the match, uh, what is wrong with me? I'm like, <laughs> at the end of the match? <laughs> at the end of the match, at the end of the match, Mackenzie um, took a huge jumping knee coming down from the top rope. Davenport got the pinfall after her Falcon Arrow finisher. So your winner of the match was Blair Davenport. Um, after the match, Blair Davenport mocks the NXT UK uh, women's champion Miko Satamora by locking Emilia McKenzie in an STF. Uh, and then now it looks like Blair Davenport is next in line to face Miko. Uh, this, honestly, I really enjoyed this match, but Matt, how many supernovas, how many tea biscuits, how many Yorkshire puddings would you give this match? It's gonna we're gonna go as high as three uh supernovas out of five for this one. Sixty percent haggis percentage for the great no Dar. I uh yeah, I, I was not expecting much, but Emilia McKenzie has shown me that she is a wrestler worth paying attention to, worth watching. She's really good. And I think we kind of knew that B Priestley. Blair Davenport was good. So, yeah, I uh, I blame myself for my low expectations on this one. But uh, way to prove me wrong, ladies. Way to prove me wrong. Same here. Like like I said, for some reason, can't explain why, I legitimately had zero expectations for this match. Um, all right, so let's move on. Before uh, their match, tit or before, uh, my God, Boris English, can you speak <laughs> it? Uh, Shaw it. Samuels uh, is backstage with the Heritage Cup champion, Noam Dar. They're talking with Sid Scala. Scala informs Dar that A-Kid and Nathan Frazier will be competing next week for a spot as the new number one contender to Dar's Heritage Cup. Dar and Samuels aren't too happy about this, though. 
Oh, man. A-Kid versus Ben Carter. Heritage Cup rules. Hook it to my veins, Boris. Yes, I'm borderline more excited for this match than I am for Danielson versus Hangman. Honest to God, at least this the outcome of this one is in doubt for me. I don't know who's going to win. I'm pretty positive Hangman's going to beat Danielson. And while that's objectively the right decision, it hurts me in my heart because I like Danielson so much more than I like Hangman Page. But yeah. uh, that's neither here nor there. This match, honest to God, Nathan Fraser versus A-Kid. I think this is the match I'm most excited for in all of wrestling right now. No bullshit. I, I'd say it to your face. You did say it to my face. <laughs> yes, factually <laughs> correct. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, dude, I'm really excited for this also. Uh, we look back to Ilya Dragunov versus Rampage Brown's main event from last week. Their match ended abruptly after the champion hit an enziguri on Brown. Braun was unable to continue, thus allowing Dragunov to retain his NXT UK <laughs> championship. Uh, this week, uh, it's reported that Brown rejected medical treatment and refuses to discuss the matter for now. Yeah, so interesting little... Uh, again, I kind of I still wonder if he got injured on a different spot and they're just showing us this insecurity because they didn't want to actually show us him getting cranked. Because it really, it really does look like he gets his hands up on this thing, Boris. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm not in the ring. It's just, I, I'm not saying that uh, anything wrong with anything they're doing. I'm just, you know, it's just curious to me as a fan. Yeah. I wonder what actually happened. And it just goes to show you, right? Like, we're not in the ring. We don't know. Uh, and sometimes it's like the simplest looking things is what actually gets you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's an incredibly dangerous sport slash art form slash whatever it is. Yep. Um, you should read Moxley's book for a good explanation about how to explain wrestling to non-wrestling people. It's, and, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, and it's in the prologue. Um, when nice. I see you, I'll give it to you next. Uh, yes, thank you. All right, so Zaya Brookside is still upset that she lost a chance at becoming the next NXT UK's women's champion. I'm really liking this Zaya Brookside character. Yeah, it's working for me. Dutty, dutty. But yeah, it's working for me a lot. Zaya Brookside seems to be doing better than Tiffany Stratton. Zaya Stateside. <laughs> Zaya State. Yep. All right. Uh, then it's your ace, the Irish ace, Jordan <laughs> Devlin himself. Uh, he starts his speech in the ring by calling himself the franchise player. Uh, okay there, buddy. Uh, he leaves okay, Shane Douglas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, he believes it's time for him to climb the highest mountain possible in NXT UK, earning a title shot for the NXT UK championship. Uh, Ilya Dragunov hears his call and approaches the ring. Dragunov says where he comes from, they talk less and fight more. I love that because, again, Ilya Dragunov, not the strongest on the mic, but he delivers wrestling promos. Like, he's a yeah. wrestler. Yeah, he's, he's like, he delivers almost, like... A UFC promo in in a wrestling package, like he's yeah. he's there. He's like, I'm not here for your storyline bullshit. I'm here to fight and win. Stop wasting my time and fight me. And I love that. That's his, yeah. that's his entire gimmick. And I really, it's really working for me. I just can't wait for the day where he where he says one of the funniest lines that I've ever heard from The Sopranos, and that's, "We wash our balls with freezing water, with ice water." <laughs> the episode when Polly and Christopher are stuck in the woods. Oh, no, does that mean Dragunov's going to get killed in the woods in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey? <laughs> uh, hey, Tony D'Angelo might have something to do with that. Hey, oh. <laughs> the NXT and UK crossover, finally. 
Yep. All right. So Jordan Devlin asks for one chance to end Dragunov's career and capture the career and capture the title. Uh, Dragunov chuckles and says, "What are Devlin?" threatens he doesn't feel intimidated he's prepared for whatever the irish ace throws at him um funny enough because devlin starts throwing more shade bringing up dragonov's family and how they'll look at him the day he comes home and tells him them he lost the title dragonov challenges devlin in the corner a group of referees pulls him apart or charges devlin in the corner referees pull him apart uh, and now it seems like they're starting this feud of the Irish ace versus the uh, the NXT UK champ, the Russian czar. Yes. So this was a little paint by numbers pro wrestling. It was a little typical wrestling. Like guy comes out. I'm cocky. I deserve the title. I'm the best. Other guy, baby face comes out. Uh, you just have to ask me. You should talk less. I'm just here to fight. And then heel makes it personal by mentioning baby faces family. And then they fight. But it was a well done version of this stereotypical pro wrestling promo. This was pro wrestling 101, but you don't need it to be more complicated than this. Yep. All right. Next up, we always talk about how NXT have these amazing profiles on wrestlers, how they can take a video and really get a character and a wrestler over. And this week featured probably one of the best uh, profiles, video packages in NXT UK. Matt, do you want to talk about it? No bullshit. This was one of the best promos I've seen all year, period, full stop. Uh, An amazing video on the French Hope, Amel, Uh, where she basically, in one five-minute block, transformed her character from generic cocky heel to, like, lovable, hard-working baby face. She talked about growing up. She talked about being a teacher. She talked about having her master's degree, but didn't do it in a bragging way. She said, I could do anything I want in life, and what I want is to be an NXT wrestler, and I've been working hard. And she was crying. She was emotional. A single tear fell down her face as she delivered the blow line that she was hope in NXT. And this was just this was actually a beautiful bit of, uh, you know, just I don't even know what you'd call it. It was above pro wrestling. It reminded me of a really good segment on like a Showtime boxing special or like one of the best UFC countdown specials. This was actually incredible character work. And who could possibly boo Amel after this? Just awesome. Just blew me off my feet, this promo. One of the best promos I've seen all year in any company by any wrestler. Yeah, it was so good. It was really well done. It was like, I just like, like you said, she went from from kick-ass heel to lovable babyface all of a sudden. Yeah, like the most, the most like white meat, as they say, the most pure babyface, like Sami Zayn in NXT, babyface, like hardworking woman of the people, immigrant. You know what I mean? She just, she's just so like, she, she's got this awesome story, and it's not like she's a charity case. She has her masters. She, uh, the whole thing was just perfectly well done, and just like again, like t- tearing, tearing at the heartstrings, Boris, plucking these heartstrings like a guitar. It was just good stuff. Just really, really shocked me how good this was yeah and i felt sorry for what came after and while i still felt sorry for it this actually was pretty damn funny uh we have kenny williams and he's uh you know he's talking with her he's shifting his focus to mark andrews he calls andrews scared and insecure and he says once he's done with andrews there won't be a subculture anymore it's gonna be changed to scum culture 
Hey, yo. Yeah, pretty, che- pretty cheesy line, but Kenny Williams is a heel. So the cockroach versus Mandrews, I'll take that. But yeah, it was t- a tough act to follow that Amal promo for sure. Yeah. Uh, the next match was Sam Gradwell versus Shaw Samuels with Noam Dar in his corner. Uh, Sam Gradwell gets the win. This was a pretty f- quick match, I think. I don't time them. Matt, how, how long did this match last? I, w- I had it at six minutes and 50 yeah. seconds. So it was actually, it wasn't like super long, but it flew by like a good seven minutes. I quite like this. Shaw Samuels got himself in awesome shape. He's lost what, like 50 pounds. Yeah. And uh, Sam Gradwell's rapidly improving as well. I think he's gone from big, stiff douchebag, for lack of a better term, to like a competent big man in the ring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty good match. So how would you rate this match at the end of the day? It just maybe it's low expectations and getting them blown away again. But I'm going to go as high as three and a half supernovas for this one. 70% pudding percentage, Boris. All right. One. Gallus, they're ready to leave their mark on a D Familia. That's Teoman, Charlie Dempsey, and Rohan Raja. Yeah, this it, it's kind of like uh, dueling gangs. We have like the uh, the wolf gang. The whole what with the Gallus? Sorry, they're, they're like what are they? A Scottish gang, like an Irish gang? I guess they're kind of Irish Scottish mix versus uh, the the Charlie Dempsey led. I know he's not the leader, but he's the leader in our book. Tioman D Familia. It's gonna be. Uh, it, I'm sure they're gonna have a six man no DQ down the road, and that should be pretty good. Hopefully, it doesn't go 65 minutes like every Wolfgang match. Yeah, that's that's what what I'm nervous about. All right, it's time for the main event. For the NXT UK Tag Team Championship, your champions pretty deadly in some amazingly amazing wrestling gear. Bright neon, cut at the at the boobies. It was hilarious. Like they just, oh man, just they're hilarious in everything yeah. they do. And they faced off against Mustache Mountain. There's like half shirts, but this wasn't even a half shirt. What was this? Like a eighth of a shirt? Like yeah. it literally cut off at their collarbone. It yeah. was like this. Sh- it was like a shoulder shirt. Yeah, like this is a better gimmick than Dak Draper's uh, multiple shirts. <laughs> I'd love be some Dak Draper, but yeah, man, uh, pretty deadly have been a revelation this year watching NXT UK. They've gone from two guys I know nothing about to the European Edge and Christian, the uh, just an awesome young squad. And uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know if it was official, if I missed something, but they kept referring to Trent Seven like retiring if he lost this match. That was like an unofficial stipul- stipulation and not something they really like put a uh, fine point on, I believe. Right. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And we just missed that completely. It was, honestly, the first I heard about it. Yeah. Like, it, this was just kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I I don't think that was necessary or even added to too much. If anything, it kind of hurt the presentation because it was like, well, I don't think Trent Seven's going to randomly retire with no buildup here. Like, I'm pretty sure that means what it meant, which was Mustache Mountain win the NXT UK tag titles in 17 minutes and 50 seconds. Awesome main event. It's going to probably show up on our top 121 of 2021 list. It's uh, It was a spectacular wrestling match. Has to have been the best in Pretty Deadly's career. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, it, you know, it's funny because, like, I'm honestly trying to think, and I'm pretty sure I've seen a better Mustache Mountain ma- match, but this match was just so good. Like, they, yeah. they did everything. Um, yeah. They, it, they, us explaining the spots, you know, blow by blow, we don't do that on NXT talk, we kind of just like talking about the stories and the outcomes 
and tell you whether this match was worth it to watch 100% seek out NXT UK from last week and watch yes. this match watch the December 9th episode of NXT UK the whole show I would honestly yeah, I highly recommend the whole hour it's a good it's a good way to see what they do you get to see some awesome promos you get to see some awesome matches primarily this fabulous fantastic main event Mustache Mountain and Tyler Bate. I already said it on the podcast, but I'll reiterate. It is a crime that he's being wasted in NXT UK, but no matter what, he's going to have good matches. No matter where he is. He could be in Destiny in Mississauga. He could be in AAA in Mexico. This kid is awesome. Yeah, 100%. Like, like, as Matt and I already said, go out and watch this entire episode. It's a really good show of NXT UK. Um, and, uh, you know, over the next few weeks, I think we have some pretty good matches to to really sink our teeth into um, what's what's announced in the card. So we have a kid uh, versus uh, Nathan Frazier for the number one oh. contendership. Woo. Woo. Ben Carter versus a kid Heritage Cup rules. That one I am so excited for. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. We I think we were gonna we're gonna rate this match, this main event, four and a quarter supernovas, Ooh. Boris. It's eighty-five percent haggis percentage Ooh. for the great Noam Dar. There we and, go. And uh, although he wasn't involved, and uh, yeah, man, it's a solid A in Canada. Watch that wrestling match. We'll talk about it again in a couple weeks on our year-end list. Yep. We have a ton on the go. SNME is busier than ever. This little network that could. Uh, so you have the mar- uh, the midweek market already out. Again, congratulations to Mark Andrade on being on on getting your daddy badge. Uh, congrats again. Listen to that episode. Some really funny chat. Uh, I think uh, Uncle Agnew uh, delivered probably the best present for a newborn child a person could ask for. <laughs> Um, obviously, <laughs> Uncle Agnew. Uncle Agnew. All right, tomorrow on BAM, we're going to be chatting. We're going to be chatting some AEW. We're going to change things up a little bit. Winter is coming. Winter will have gone. We're going to be chatting, quickly chatting that. We don't want to steal any thunder uh, from the All Out Weekly guys, but you know, we're going to touch on that. We're also going to be talking about the huge ROH show, Final Battle. Yes. Uh, so that's going to be BAM tomorrow. Then on Friday, you have All Elite Weekly. And they're going to be chatting all things from Winter is Coming. Huge card from AEW this week. Let's see what surprises. Let's see who debuts. Let's see what's going on. Let's see who comes back. I'm sure there'll be some good stuff to chat about there. And then on Saturday, you get two shows on Saturday as your Smack Daddies chat all things SmackDown. And then you have Dark Side of the Elite chatting all things Rampage on Rampage Rollout. And then on Sunday, you have Mike McGuire and Jason and Jason Agnew back on the air for Sunday night's main event, the radio show. And as a patron, you get everything early and sometimes there's some extras. So much coming. So much to come. It's 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 honestly a lot of fun. Ballergear.ca for all your merch. Matt. Yes, I'm sir. tired. I'm bored. <laughs> Boris, yeah. You've earned more rest, buddy. Grab a nap this morning if you can. But yeah, don't sleep on that Saturday block. Love the Smack Daddies. Love the Rampage rollout. The BTE crew. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Keep it locked here. Big things coming in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah.